0: So why bother with the six-pack and working your obliques? Is it only good for the beach or the pool? Whether you answer that question with a yes or a no, you can press play and see what you can learn more about the core. Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast. This is Seth Jump, your professor for Anatomy on the Go. If you haven't done so already, head over to anatomyonthego.com to grab my free ebook, Preparing to Ace Anatomy. So this is the last episode of 2020, and so while the podcast is on a break, you can certainly listen to all those podcasts that you can find in the podcast archive. There's a decent number of episodes at this point, and they're all free, so enjoy those episodes. Today, we are exploring the core. This is all pretty interesting, and being healthy with respect to core strength can really improve your quality of life. So let's explore that topic a little further. So let's define the terms, the parameters, get on the same page with what we're talking about today you can very easily consider the spine the hub of your body. Now, when we say spine, it's sometimes meant in such a way to be a catch-all description or simply just referring to the vertebral column. And actually, that's more common and more accurate, and that's what we'll mean today, synonymous with the vertebral column. But we need to reference here in this podcast both vertebral column and the spinal cord that's within the vertebral column. So we'll parse them out so you know exactly what I mean Now, looking at the spinal cord, this is an incredibly important part of anatomy. Information comes from the brain, and then we send information out to our muscles and other effectors. We integrate information for reflexes. We bring in sensory information so we can make decisions about what to move and when to move. Vitally important. The spinal nerves, which tell our muscles to contract, exit between adjacent vertebrae through a structure called the intervertebral foramen. There are many of these, and the plural of foramen is foramina. Now remember a few things here. Between adjacent vertebrae are discs of fibrocartilage called intervertebral discs. So check out episode 39 of the podcast for more information about the IV discs. They provide a pad that helps us provide a cushion and stability for the entire weight of the vertebral column and enable us to bend and twist easily so that the vertebrae don't have a whole bunch of bony friction. Now, another important aspect here is that adjacent vertebrae connect with each other and connect using facets. There is some give in this particular joint, which also enables us to move our vertebrae column freely. Of course, compare with the ball and socket shoulder joint, there is a whole lot less give, a whole lot less movement capability here. Now, the vertebral column wants to maintain its normal neutral position. It has its own native curves, but it doesn't want to have too much flexion, that is too much forward movement, or too much uh, extension, that is too much backward movement. I mean this in the chronic sense, like your vertebral column is consistently in extension beyond neutral, that is hyperextension. A good visual for this is pregnancy. When a woman is pregnant, there's a gradual extension slash hyperextension that wants to occur. And why is that exactly? Simply to maintain center of gravity. Now, let's think about what the body wants to do on a regular basis. The body wants to have that neutral position in the spine, and to do so, we need to have stability and flexibility both anteriorly and posteriorly, that is toward the front and toward the back. Anteriorly, that stability and flexibility is provided by the abdominal muscles. So we're talking about rectus abdominis, external internal abdominal oblique, and transversus abdominis. Not only do the abs support the spine with stability and flexibility anteriorly, they also do something else. They reduce intradiscal pressure, the pressure within the intervertebral disc. Now, why does that matter exactly? The more pressure there is on the disc, the more likely it is to bulge and or herniate. And if that were to occur, there may be an impingement on the spinal nerve that is exiting the spinal cord just posterior to that area. That is a problem, right? This can lead to deficits in muscle function, sensation. It can also lead to pain. Additionally, a weakening of the abdominal muscles can allow the vertebral column to extend beyond neutral, which is hyperextension. We've got two things that may be occurring with weaker abdominals, increasing intradiscal pressure, the inverse relationship that I just gave you there, and then hyperextension of the vertebral column. On the posterior side, the muscles that stabilize the vertebral column are the paraspinal muscles, the erector spinae muscles, principally. These muscles need to be flexible and strong. If they become weak and inflexible, there is hyperextension of the vertebral column. Now, often, both of these can occur. We've got compromised anterior stability, and we've got compromised posterior stability. Now, by compromised stability, I'm talking about potentially the combination of both strength and flexibility on either the anterior and posterior side. Now, if that's the case, we're assuming both, what's going to happen? What's the the result that's probably going to occur? You're going to have hypertrophy of the facet joints. So hypertrophy of the facet joints is actually a compensatory mechanism for the hyperextension that is occurring. There needs to be a greater stability in the bone. There is actually a deposition of new bone, and that new bone can actually start to take up space in the intervertebral foramina. Bone is not supposed to be in that space. The spinal nerve is supposed to be there, and that could cause nerve impingement. Now, assuming that you also, therefore, have compromised anterior strength, stability, and flexibility, you're going to have, therefore, an increase in intradiscal pressure. This increased pressure within the disc, therefore, makes it a little bit more likely that a bulge or herniation of the disc can occur. In addition, with hyperextension, there is further wear and tear on the posterior aspect of the disc, yet another potential threat. Now, think of these supporting muscles as a circular chain of support, almost like a brace or a sleeve that surrounds the vertebral column and also, of course, the spinal cord inside. The anterior part of the chain consists of the abdominal muscles. The posterior part of the chain consists of the erector spinae muscles. The chain needs to be strong everywhere. Of course, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, so it needs to be strong everywhere. Now, let's assume that we have an issue. How would we go about correcting it? Let's go ahead and dive into that here in just a moment. So let's talk about how you could correct these issues. So you would start... First, with increasing the strength of the abdominal muscles, you would work on those core abdominal muscles, rectus abdominis, oblique, obliques, transverse abdominis, and that would start to counter the chronic hyperextension that is occurring. It would also have the effect of driving down that intradiscal pressure, unloading the spine, essentially. Now, what else would you do? You would remedy the hyperextension in the spine, the vertebral column, and how would you do that exactly? By enhancing the flexibility and strength of these muscles, you would move them. You would move them in their entire range of motion. So, flexion and extension. Loosen the muscles, let them become more and more flexible. And then secondarily, once everything is starting to move well again, you work on strength. Then the anterior and posterior parts of the chain are strong, acting like a brace, working to prevent some of these issues that can occur. Now, of course, we could add more here. We could talk about the hamstring muscles and their tightness and contribution to some of these issues. You can loosen those up as well. Essentially, what you could do is consider enhancing the strength and flexibility of the anterior and posterior muscles as a way of unloading the spine, taking the pressure off the spine itself. We could also mention the quadratus lumborum, the QL, and its contribution. But if you think about it, the QL is not really the protagonist in this movie. It plays a supporting role. And if we start to think about that solution again, that is strengthening and making more flexible the muscles of both anterior and posterior parts of the chain, you can actually engage your core abdominal muscles in most body movements. And why not start to do that? It's actually a really healthy thing to do. There's so much here that we could chat about in additional episodes. We could talk about other muscles whose tightness can give us problems, including the hip flexors, thigh rotators, etc. And some of that can come later, but we'll call the episode for today. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast today. appreciate that you chose to listen, and this is the last podcast episode of 2020 before the podcast takes a break for a little while. For now, it's to be determined when the podcast will return next year. A quick ask before we head out the door, but before I do, let me share that the mission of Anatomy on the Go is to help you learn, practice, and review anatomy while you're out and about doing what you do, making anatomy accessible, easier, more fun, etc. Now the podcast has the potential to expand into other forms of multimedia, including video, community with other listeners, as well as even into more content related to physiology. That being said, would you consider supporting the podcast with a financial donation? It could be a way to support that expansion. It could be a way to say thanks and pay it forward, whatever your motivation happens to be. And if you want to do that, all you have to do is click on the support link in the podcast description. And thanks for considering. So I hope things are going well for you wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this. And until the next episode hits the podcast airwaves, all the very best. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And I'll see you later.